These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties. But in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle. And I'm here today with my fellow real estate reporter, Rebecca Schutz. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. Thanks for being here. Good to be here. So today on the show, we are going to be talking about opportunity zones. Rebecca recently wrote a story about what these are and a little bit about how they work. And we have a special guest today to help us understand a little bit more about them and better educate ourselves and our listeners because this is a bit of a complex issue in large part because it relates to our tax system and property values and neighborhoods. And today we are joined by John Ransom. John is a partner at the Jackson Walker Law Firm, and he is a tax specialist and chair of the firm's Houston Corporate and Securities Practice Group. He works with clients in a number of industries, including real estate. John, welcome to Looped In. Thanks, guys. I'm happy to be here. Great, great. So uh, let's just dig in, really, with maybe just a quick explanation of Opportunity Zones. It's a new price support for businesses in these specific geographic areas that Congress gave us and the president signed back in December of 2017. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was the supposedly the pet project of outgoing Ways and Means chairman uh, and has received a lot of favorable attention from both sides of the aisle. Uh, it's, It's one of the few things I've seen that both Republicans and Democrats seem to support. It's a tax break, so one side likes it, and it's focused on redevelopment in low-income areas, which the other side likes. And so far, the Treasury, who issues the regulations on guidance, has been very favorable, pro-taxpayer, if you will, on most of the guidance that we've received so far. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really a way to enhance the value of businesses and property in one of these designated zones. And that price supports in the fashion of tax deferral, and gain exclusion. So it can provide a lot of benefit to people, particularly if they do well with their investments. Okay, so this is a a, a federal tax law, and each state, I guess, gets to choose which areas are going to be designated opportunity zones? Yeah, and, that's, and how did that that's work? already happened. Uh-huh. And in the statute, the governor of each state could pick up up to 25% of the low-income census tracts in his state or her state, um, along with 5% for some contiguous tracts, and submit that to the Treasury for approval. Mm -hmm. And that all occurred in the spring of last year and got finalized in May or June. Uh, So we know where the tracts are. There are a number of interactive maps that you can pull up and actually drill down to your street address to see if the location where you're thinking about investing or the business or the property is in one of these zones. Mm -hmm. Uh, The amazing part is the central business district in Houston is an opportunity zone. Mm -hmm. 
a big chunk of downtown San Antonio is an opportunity zone. Yeah. Just east of downtown Dallas is an opportunity zone. The stretch along the south side of the Houston Medical Center is an opportunity zone. So for my clients, now at the top of the deal checklist is, is the target, is the entity you're investing in, in or near an opportunity zone? And may that impact your choice of, of where to go? Mm-hmm. Well, Rebecca, I, I remember when you wrote your story, you pointed this out because these are meant to be in in areas that need uh, economic improvement, right? And you pointed out how downtown Houston, for example, is designated as an opportunity zone. People who live there have a median income of just under $100,000, whereas Greenspoint, a, a pretty low-income part of Houston, is not one. Yeah, so I guess what some critics say is if you're going to geographically target investment, which geographic areas you choose matter quite a bit. Um, I think part of, there are rules about which census tracts or neighborhoods the governor could choose from. And it had to be either with an income, a median income under a certain percentage of the AMI, Mm -hmm. or it had to have a certain level of poverty. Um, downtown Houston is a little bit interesting because it has been rapidly changing. Mm-hmm. The census data they made the decisions on was from several years ago. And at that point, there was a high level of poverty because there's a high level of homelessness mm-hmm. in downtown Houston. Since then, it has changed. If you look, use the most recent census estimates, it would no longer qualify to be an opportunity zone. But it was fair game for the governor to choose from. It just makes you question maybe the rules of what was fair game. Yeah, because that's yeah, very interesting. I mean, you work downtown. You, I, I look out my window and see <laughs> twelve to fifteen mid to high rise residential units in downtown Houston. And you're right, downtown has changed dramatically, mm-hmm. really, in the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you're really pointing out it was how the political process worked, mm-hmm. uh, and you probably ought to call the governor about that. I did. <laughs> what did he say? No response. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well. In any case, it has changed your business and quite a bit, as it's, as you just mentioned. Now everyone's asking, is this a, in an opportunity zone? Yeah, there's been a tremendous amount of interest, primarily from the real estate community. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that own property within one of these uh, designated zones are very interested about what does this do to the value of my property? Gosh, I've been doing tax stuff for 40 years. It's the first time... I've gotten cold calls from people who want mm. to talk about technical tax stuff. It's kind mm. of exciting from my yeah. perspective. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, those folks are saying, gosh, is, is my property going to become more valuable because people who are deferring gain uh, or potentially excluding gain will want to invest here as opposed to three blocks away. And so there's a lot of interest there. Most of what I've seen has been uh, multifamily rental not selling condos, that doesn't work very well. But people who want to buy an existing property, renovate it to meet the tests under these rules and and attract capital from people who want to reap the tax benefit. And I think maybe it's worth, I mean, this will be dry for some people, but I think some people will be interested in how it works because if we understand how it works, we would see why um, it makes sense for rentals and not for condos. Yeah, the... The way the technical rules work is if you recognize capital gain, 
you can roll that money into an Opportunity Zone fund within 180 days of your sale. Mm -hmm. The fund then has 30 months to invest your proceeds and substantially improve the property, uh, and it has to be Opportunity Zone property. Timing matters. You need to pay attention to timing if you're doing one of these. So the tax benefit is you don't have to recognize the deferred gain until the end of 2026, and you can Which exclude. Means you don't pay taxes on those right. gains. So until if I sell stock in Google mm-hmm. and recognize a million dollar capital gain today, I put it into a fund in six months. The fund deploys my capital within another 30 months. So you really got three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to pay tax today on my sale of Google stock. Mm-hmm. But at the end of 2026, the gain is going to be reported on my tax return, Mm -hmm. except if I've been in the investment five years, I get to exclude 10% of that, 100,000, or if I've been in seven years, really meaning I do the deal this year, Mm -hmm. then I can exclude another 5%, and I never pay tax on that $100,000 to $150,000. That's kind of a nice benefit. The the people, clients I talk to, it's kind of a little icing on the cake, if you will, Mm -hmm. because all I'm doing is postponing a tax six, five, six, seven years, and that has value mm-hmm. on a time value of money, but I know I'm going to pay the tax, uh, or a portion except of it. for the yeah. 15%, 10% I might scrape off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that gets people excited is, using that example, the million dollars that I put into the fund, and it properly invests it, if I waited at least 10 years to sell that investment, then the appreciation on the million dollars escapes tax totally. Oh. So if I roll over a million, I go, okay, I get to postpone my tax for five, six, seven years. I get to exclude 10 or 15%. That's nice. I can plan for it. I know it's coming. But if my million dollars stays in for, say, 11 years and appreciates to two and a half million, and then I sell, that 1.5 million appreciation is not taxed. Mm-hmm. irrespective of what the tax rates are mm-hmm. at that time. People with patient money are pretty excited about that. And I think that is part of the social goal of saying, hey, look, just this is not an in-and-out deal in property. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to your question, because to get the real, what I see as the real benefit, you have to stay in 10 years, buying a building, turning into condos and selling them, well, you're going to sell the property. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be in the investment for over 10 years, whereas if you buy a building, renovate it, turn it into multifamily, commercial leasing, things like that, you can avoid tax, escape tax, all the appreciation in the investment. And the investment is focused on tangible property, which drives jobs for people, really, in these zones. Like I said, most of the interest so far has been on real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the really big benefit is are people that are going to buy businesses that are in opportunity zones. And that's where you can really reap some significant tax benefit. And the thing about buying a business, it employs people, right? The biggest employers in America are small businesses. So, Can can you talk about what that would look like? Just a a hypothetical scenario if you buy a business, like like say you buy a, a bakery in one of these... Or now, you, to do to defer the gain, you have to purchase the property. Okay. Um, and you have to purchase it from an unrelated person. 
Uh, so if I decided to buy a bakery in an opportunity zone, and let's say I spent 500000 on the bakery, it's a big bakery, mm-hmm. I could sell appreciated stock mm-hmm. and defer the gain into buying the bakery. I'll pay that gain or 80 or 85% of it, 85 or 90% of it in 2026. But if in the earnings of my bakery in the meantime are taxed in the usual way, uh, but if I stay in the bakery at least 10 years when I sell, and if I built a successful business, then I don't have to pay tax on that gain. Okay. Okay. And who knows what tax rates will be in 2026 or 10 years from now. All I can tell you is they'll change. Mm-hmm. But that could be a significant savings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many of your real estate folks will be very familiar with like-kind exchanges. This works a little bit like that. It's in many ways, much more liberal, mm-hmm. uh, much easier to deal with. There were a lot of constraints that made doing like-kind exchanges a little painful, and many of those are absent uh, okay. in Opportunity Zone. Hmm. Uh, I was going to ask what it is doing so far to values. Have you been able to see that come come to fruition yet? It's, it's hard to quantify. Yeah. Uh, certainly have one buyer who was looking at a location along a freeway. One side of the freeway was an opportunity zone. The other side was not. Well, they purchased on the opportunity zone side. Was the seller of that property, did they get a little better price? You know, hard to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But both sides are saying, gosh, I'm in an opportunity zone or I'm selling property in a zone. I can command a better price or maybe the property moves quicker. I'm more attractive than I was 14 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just a new suit of clothes. The property got dressed up or the business got dressed up. It is more attractive. And buyers, particularly ones that love saving taxes, you know, are looking more, are focusing their search within these zones. Yeah. I just want to sum, sum up because we were talking about this before we started recording. And sometimes when you jump into a conversation that we've left off. <laughs> yep. Things can be left out, but basically, you know, this is such a huge benefit to investors who have sold property, gotten capital gains. You know, like the scenario you gave where if um, you hold on to a property long enough and it appreciated by one and a half million, that one and a half million you wouldn't need to pay taxes on. But the question we're raising is where um, does that benefit go? You know, does the benefit of not paying taxes on one and a half million go only to the investor or does it go to, um, I, th- in, I think it's in part to other parties. The, the tax benefit, I call mm-hmm. it an economic price support that's in the tax code. Mm-hmm. There are lots of them. It's yeah. One of the reasons the tax rules are so complicated is it's filled with economic price support. Mm-hmm. Uh, who gets the benefit? I think it depends on each transaction. Mm-hmm. Certainly the investor is going to save the taxes, but the person selling the property into the fund. Mm-hmm is going to seek a higher price because mm-hmm. they are in a zone. So a portion of it could go to the developer or the lands. guy putting mm-hmm. the deal together that's earning maybe some sweat equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to try to raise capital, the taxpayer, and, and pay a lower rate of return because he knows that guy's getting a tax benefit. Yeah. And so it's an interesting matter of negotiation uh, on each of these deals. Yeah. Uh, right now there's probably a lot more capital gain money looking for a home than there are businesses or projects to sell. Oh, interesting. You know, what I haven't seen much of yet, and I think it's the goal of the statute, is 
to encourage people to grow businesses and employ people in these zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be some unintended consequences. Like uh, what? Um, renovating a high-rise building in downtown Houston. is mm-hmm. That could be an opportunity zone property. Is it going to drive jobs and enhance the living standard of the people in that zone? Mm. You know, hard to say. A lot of the people, certainly in the building I'm in in downtown, we're getting our, you know, all, all the assets of my business get on the elevator and go home every night. Yeah. Some live in downtown, an increasing number. Certainly a lot go elsewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll see how that part operates. But I think I think the, the goal is to encourage economic activity in mm-hmm. these zones, which secondarily should drive economic activity, jobs, and a general rise in the standard of living. One criticism is the people that are living there now may be squeezed out because they can't afford to stay. Yeah. So uh, you that's seen... a common yeah. you know, issue that arises as older neighborhoods get gentrified or you yeah. know, the average price goes up, the old buildings get torn down, new ones are built and you know, the the rental rate effectively goes up pretty significantly. It's an interesting debate, this Yeah, is yeah, that but... a good thing or not? Right, right. Because it seems like the people that would be able to take advantage of this are people who are savvy and can figure out their way around it and who have a, a lot of capital. you know, capital. And I think the theory is it's it's it hopefully will redirect the flow of capital into these areas. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the collateral effect of redeploying capital into these areas will help people around there. Mm-hmm. The leap of faith is that the market is going to take this tax economic support and and deploy it in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I probably shouldn't say unintended consequences, probably unexpected. Unexpected. Yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. hard to know how it's going to play out. But it's certainly going to redirect capital into these geographic zones. And if you believe that will have a collateral positive effect on the people living there, then it's going to work. Yeah. The cost that the government is putting into this program is the loss of tax dollars down the road. And it's a trade-off because if it generates significant economic activity, maybe that activity will outweigh the loss of tax dollars down the road. But that's something that's going to play out over the next year. That's how it's going to impact people other than investors is – if we have lots of jobs, if our neighborhoods become better places to live, if they have more resources, if food deserts suddenly have like investment in grocery stores and jobs, you know, like that's ways that the community at large would benefit, right? Mm-hmm. In exchange for those tax dollars down the road. And it's sort of, it will, we yeah, will boy, see that's whether. A, that's an all weekend six beer conversation. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's like, We're just giving like, you guys a taste. It's like that's, bonus depreciation. That's the heart uh, of um, the controversy, I think. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about the, the yeah. whole tax code is riddled yeah. or filled with those yeah. opportunities. It is true. Yeah. So, of course, you can't predict the future of what people will do, but what have you seen? Have you seen a flurry of activity? What, what have you seen from your end happen already? Tremendous amount of interest from. The real estate community, both from people that own property in one of the designated zones, real estate investors who are looking at property in opportunity zones, some interest from people uh, building businesses, 
most interesting one was a company buying older or existing software licenses and mm. moving them into an opportunity zone and moving the people and then enhancing and rebuilding these particular software licenses and specifically doing it in an opportunity zone because the tax benefit enhanced your yield enough to make it a very attractive business opportunity. Mm -hmm. So it's a yield enhancer to the overall business or property, as we talked about before, who captures that increased yield is a matter of negotiation Mm -hmm. among Mm -hmm. the parties. Yeah. Um, So you're starting to see these deals close? Yeah, we've done about 40, I think, so far. Okay. Uh, I haven't been tracking it real closely. That's in all our offices in Texas. That's what I was going to ask. So that's over, just that's throughout Texas. Yeah, because we're in Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, and Houston. Okay. Well, I can tell you from my perspective, I get all of these real estate flyers from brokerages that are trying to sell property. And now I'll notice many of them say, in opportunity in an opportunity zone so they're using it as a way to you know to market their property mm-hmm. yeah they're marketing the property yeah i think you know all my real estate friends always say location 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 mm-hmm. and this just these rules add another dynamic to location mm-hmm. right right gosh really interesting yeah. thank you for chatting with us yeah it's fun stuff yeah not everybody loves tax stuff but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this was actually pretty fun. Yeah, it feels like we're on a frontier kind of. The, the hope of the people yeah. that really pushed this through Congress was that it would generate a lot of interest and focus and capital flows into these areas, mm-hmm. presumably that the market would sort that out and ultimately benefit mm-hmm. uh, these areas. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. And next week we'll be speaking with someone about what the city of Houston is doing to try to direct that investment, so that will be interesting. Yes, that's right. That will be a cool. I'll part, tune in. Part two. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you for being here, and Great. thank you for thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for educating us, listeners. We hope you learned something. Let us know. Let us know if you did. Um, if you don't already, please subscribe to Looped In on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you have an idea for a show or just want to say hi, you can reach out. We are at Ensarna and at. R-A shoots S-C-H-U-E-T-Z. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great day.